Hey everyone, welcome again to another episode of Nerds in the City, a Central Florida podcast talking about nerd cultures, movies, games, comics, movie reviews, and events, hopefully, like always, happening in Central Florida. As always, this is your host, Tony, with our boy... Oh, you're not going to say my name today? No, I was going to let you do it. Like no, that. I wouldn't have I ever said my own name. No, I don't do that. <laughs> All right. With our boy, Nick. Thank you. Thank you. I get introduced, okay? I don't introduce myself. <laughs> <laughs> Are you all high and mighty? Oh, pretty much. Oh, That's man. Good. How you been? <laughs> I've been okay. Chilling. It's been a really real relax, relaxing week. Weekend also. Just chilled at home. Didn't do much. Just binge watched a lot of TV shows. I wish I did that. I've been really bad at that lately. So I, I really want to try. Well, I did binge something, some stuff last week. What did you binge? Um, I binged um, Doom Patrol. Okay. First, first season, first half of the first, the second season. Uh huh. Um, have to catch up on the last season, but and then I wanted to do uh, Umbrella Academy. I have yet to do that. You haven't um, finished. You haven't even started second season. Second season, no, I have not no. started. I like I know because I know me. I know once I, I press play, I will keep on watching it until it ends. That that sitting and if like, I'm just like that. Once I once I press play, I'm in. But if I stop or pause or anything like that, I, it's almost like I have to really force myself to get back in. All right. Yeah. I start, I binged. What did I binge this weekend? Um, devs. No, that was last the last weekend. Before Devs was the one I binged. This is that's the one with um, Dwight. No, no, that show hasn't came out. This is the one with um, Ron Swanson. Ron Swanson. Was it Ron Swanson? Yeah, Ron Swanson. Ron. I seriously thought it was Deb. Uh, uh, um, Rain Wilson. No, it wasn't Rain Wilson. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I call him. I, I forget his name. I just call him Ron. No, I know. You, I know what you mean. Yeah, it's yeah, fu- yeah. it's so funny because it's like I always look at him and I never like I he's a very like I never guess what his actual age is because I've seen him in I saw him in a in a guest spot on uh, uh, Monk which Monk is not a huge like super old but it's at least ten years old or more yeah. whatever right so but it's so funny to see him in there because it's like he looks young but he doesn't even look that much like different than he is now like he just doesn't have a beard and a mustache like that like. Like that's that's the only difference yeah. the facial hair, but it's still I don't know. I like people on him because they. He's do- a great actor, though. He's, he's very he's very he has a range. He's very charis- charismatic. Um, yeah, and you know what's funny with this show is that I, I, season two is supposed to be coming out or being announced uh, January of next year, mm-hmm. but um, it closely like the end of season one on this show reminds me of another show that we saw. Which one? Um, Upload. Yeah, that one I binged in one day. It was so like yeah, if you, it was so easy. You know what it was? It was so easy to consume and it was yes, interesting. It was easy to digest and take it in. Yeah, and exactly. Let yeah. it go. Devs is it's similar mm-hmm. to that's easy to digest. Uh, there's a little bit of complexity, a tiny bit, and here here parts here and there. Yeah, but overall, it's it's a great show. I think that that would be one of Hulu's. Top shows of 2020. You think so? For Hulu, that's a big freaking claim. For Hulu, yeah. that's, that's a big claim. Yeah, I would that's ca- a huge I would call claim. It. I would call it. I'm trying to think of of Hulu's original shows, but Hulu has a lot of content. So I'm like, yeah. what is what is Hulu's original content? I'm trying to think. Like Letter Kenny. Is it Hulu original? Well, it's a, it's a Hulu FX 
Because that's a Canadian show, right? That's not a, like a Hulu thing. That's a Canadian show. Yeah, but I think it's through FX, and they, they partnered with... It's like a cross between Hulu and FX. So I don't know if it's FX produced and only distributed mm-hmm. on Hulu. Mm-hmm. So I think it would be considered partial Hulu content mm-hmm. only. Because I don't see it anywhere else. But yeah, I, I, I would say for 2020, this is their one of their top shows. That's a huge claim. Yeah. I would call it on that. <laughs> I would definitely call it on that. And then I'm trying to get to another. I'm trying to get into a few animes. I think Parasite is the next one I'm going to hit up. But uh, talking about par- uh, anime and all that, one thing I want to do, and I don't know if I think I told you, I don't even remember, is I'm going to yeah. pick, I'm picking one day yes. to be a documentary day. Documentary day. Yeah. So every day, once a week, uh-huh. is only documentaries. Just because I want to learn something new, and 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 I think I feel like it's a lot not of them, always learn. Okay, like a lot of them is I know it's going to be space related because I love space and learning about other. It planets. All, you know what it is? They're just they're informational, which I get, and I don't want to say learn because it's like it's no matter what. I mean, you could if you're learning from a scientist is one thing, but if you're learning from sometimes it's just an opinion, but a great detail and like yeah, is there, sometimes they're very one sided. Like for a, example, a I remember the two-hour show. I guess you can consider it a documentary, but I saw the Zeitgeist. I guess a couple years back. Yeah, I thought it was interesting as as heck. I don't know if I really would say I believe everything that no. it in, in, implied, but I thought it was interesting. But technically, that's, that's what I'm saying. That's a documentary. So, but either way, I, I like I like getting like oh, for example, I saw one where it was uh, uh, fat, sick, and dying. Yeah, which I don't know if that's again that's not a documentary, but that's it's about cool. a guy who. Documents himself as he goes through I his think, process. I think they consider they would consider that a documentary, or anything. You know what it would be? Anything that's uh, actual life, anything that happened in reality mm-hmm. with extensive detail or extensive research. Yeah, because you're documenting everything. But yeah, I, ha- I think I'm gonna start. Start. I think it's gonna be a Thursday. I think do every Thursday is just gonna be documentary day. I know there's a few, uh, like Planet Earth and. Mm-hmm. Uh, space ones that I saw that I really want to get into that I haven't that I have on, like, on my queue to watch mm-hmm. and I never do because then there's other movies I was like oh, I want to watch this movie I want to watch the series so I was like I'm gonna dedicate myself to having one day and just be a documentary day. You know what's crazy is I was thinking about this today and I was like uh, I okay so I'm not I'm not somebody who keeps like a journal or anything like that because I'm like for one sometimes I, I never never do that because I'm not really one to write down information but then sometimes I think like why why would anybody want to read anything that happens to me and then I was thinking about like perspective like imagine because I was like you know we only know based on what our perspective is right yeah the United States Florida whatever right we really don't know how it is to live let's say in britain new zealand or something like that we know when movies come out of there we know what movies maybe based on the movie perspective or something like that yeah but like a day-to-day li- lifestyle how the perspective that they keep and how they function i always find it interesting when i see how other people like live or how the people prioritize or even better imagine right now how everybody's like looking up information about the spanish flu right and i yeah. like, yo if you were to tell me that there was a journal about somebody who's who whatever just to, just to see their perspective on what a day day to day life would be. That's something I just any documentary is actually interesting just because you're learning a completely different perspective than your own. Yeah, that's a, I like the concept of it. Well, that's what I mean. That's what I like about it. Is just because we're we're like, it's not stuck. It's just that's the way it is. It's like our perspective is our world. And I mean, even now, life like right now in this year, this this time, 
if I was to go to Japan and see not only how they live, but what their perspective is, what they deal with, how they function, what their kind of societal societal rules are, you know, like, you know, you know, it might be cool to do this, not cool to do that. Like, I just find it interesting, like their day to day life and how they perceive it with everything with the current climate. Well, not yeah. even just because, just in general. Like, I remember I hugged somebody one time because I'm Spanish. I mean, we do that, especially if you think that they're like almost like, like you know, family, mini family. And they f- kind of not freaked out, but they just froze. And I'm like, why did you freeze? Because that's not in their culture to be that close. Like, okay. Like, they never had anybody really kind of invade their space like that. And again, to me, it's just a hug. Yeah. For anybody in my family, it would just be a hug. But. For somebody from somebody completely different, that could be something perceived completely different. All right. Sorry, uh, I just <laughs> you just went on off on that. But we do have a couple things I want to talk about. Don't talk to me, man. What's going on? Uh, well, last year. Last um, year. Okay. Yeah, Morgan Cooper. Uh, he he's like a super fan of uh, Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Okay. And he released a like a fan made trailer. It was high budget. I remember. Um, it was. It took on the darker, more grounded uh, tone of Prince of Bel Air, mm-hmm. and just put in that concept. And I guess it's it's been floating and it went viral. That now Will Smith is producing it, so he's producing. And I think I don't know if it's going to be called Fresh Prince of Bel Air or like the title from his fan made show was Bel Air, but he's taking the concept of Fresh Prince of Bel Air and doing that tone and and that that uh perspective mm. that Morgan Cooper came out with. So I think Morgan Cooper is co-writing and producing and directing the show with um one other showrunner his uh, that did a few episodes for The Wire and Sons of Anarchy. Mm. So that's going to be interesting to watch. I I don't know it, they're still shopping it around um to see if it's going to go for Netflix, Amazon Prime, Peacock, um, even Hulu. So they're still they're trying to produce a show, and then see who's gonna the highest better for it. And I think I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna I know I'm definitely gonna watch it. I just I love the original trailer when the original when the trailer came out for it. Yeah, because it was real gritty. But okay, so here's my thing. I did like it. I thought it was an interesting twist in the original story. Is because again, did, I think we've made this argument or discussion before where. I do. I like when you can take, like, for example, the whole Karate Kid thing, where you could take a perspective of a movie or a TV show or something that you grew up with, and somebody slowly shows you something that you maybe have not noticed or whatever, and it slightly changes the perspective of the storytelling. Because, again, that's all really stories are, is just storytelling. Yeah. Like, the perspective completely dictates, mm-hmm. you know, who's the hero, who's the villain, or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. So, I like that. Obviously, you know, the perspective of... Fresh Prince in the, in the original was more lighthearted, but maybe they, in this case, obviously, they're like, no, if you change the perspective of somebody who saw it, it's gritty, it hurts, it's pain. And that's yeah. the thing, it's all different emotions that, that dictate the story. But um, the only thing with this is, and we had this discussion about reboots, I wish it wasn't a direct connection. I wish it was more of a inspired story. So, like, don't use the same names. You know, don't possibly even, if you can, not even use the same locations. Like Philly or Bel Air. Yeah, just, I mean, there's plenty of, like, you know, uh, 
like rich areas and you know like low income areas that might have gone through the same situation. Like if you would be like coming from like Chicago or another rural, because he was from Philly, went to Bel Air, so it would be like going. Let's say he lives in Chicago or Houston, but they moved to like Miami, which is exactly. like fa- fast paced living in like South Miami or uh, exactly where it's more of a yeah. It's you're still getting the same perspective where you're moving someone to a higher income area so that they can or income lifestyle just so that they can uh, uh, get out of the situation that they're in and uh, stuff like that, which is, again, that that's why I like. you take the inspirational story, uh, what made it, and then you turn it in and then you tell it to a new generation, but you don't have to actually... Use the same names and everything. Yeah, because the problem that you have when you tie in the original content is that you have to meet requirements and that shouldn't have yeah, to you have that. to give fan service from the exactly original. no the movie no reboot like reboot shouldn't really have to carry that kind of i kind of i feel like that kind of burden where it's like it doesn't want to meet the original that's fine don't meet the original that's why i don't mind you know continuations or something like that or inspirational uh sequels or something like that like when um uh blade runner 20 was it uh remember that one 20 what is it 2049 20 was it 49 yeah that one technically wasn't a reboot or sequel, really, of the original movie. I mean, it, it was a sequel in that world, but technically it wasn't a direct sequel to the story specifically. Um, and I loved it. I thought it was great. But again, it was his own story being told in the same kind of generation at the same time. Or, you know what I'm saying, like in a similar situation. So, I don't know. I think it would be better. I think it would do way better if they can tell the story without it being a direct connection to the original Prince of Bel-Air. Yeah, no, I understand. Uh, I, I do, and I do understand with uh, create reboots that they fall in the issue with reboots, and I agree with you, is that they fall into this place that people have it, they, they're always going to put it against the original. Exactly. And even if you change the tone, I think that would be the only thing that would set it apart if you change the tone. I know, but because then... if you keep it like, like who did it? Who who? What's another uh, show? Was it like Boy Meets World when they make Girl Meets World? They try to keep it lighthearted, and some I guess it didn't do so well. Uh, it did well at the beginning because it just did a lot of fan service because of the original cast was there. Yeah, but if you change the tone now, it's standing on its own based off an original concept. So I think that would that's the only way it would differ a little bit. But I think people would be like, oh, I like the original better. No, because then people are going to be looking still for the fan service. It's just going to be different. So like the whole iconic thing where uh, Uncle Phil throws um, jazz, jazz out the window. Yeah. What about if they showed it where he did something even more brutal or something like that, where it's like, what he just he just like beats him or you know, it's not like they're going to be looking for the correlation. And that's where, again, you're still held up to a certain a thing that you have to meet and yeah. that's what i'm saying like let the let the show thrive in its own merits as opposed to having to constantly try to um you know uh placate or, or like give homage to the original like yeah. what we were just having a discussion the other day which was we were what was that movie that we were discussing about the witch um the girls that practice witchcraft uh the craft the craft sorry I'm just, i don't know why i blanked on the name so now we're saying the same thing which is like I think we can do a reboot of that, but what I would like to do is completely change kind of like, because again, I don't know, just, I don't want to insult anybody who practices any of this stuff, but because I don't really know like that. I know um, there's Wiccan, so that's that's a type of yeah. thing that, that inspires witchcraft. So like, what about, I mean, I know, I'm not sure if like things like 
And again, if I'm wrong, I do apologize. Something like, uh, you know, voodoo or santeria, stuff like that, which yeah. I believe kind of correlates to certain things where it's like you do something for, you know, and, and I don't know if it's magic, witchcraft, whatever, but you know what I'm saying? Just you change the of culture of, yeah, you change the culture of or, or the craft of what they're practicing, maybe change it to, um, Santeria, like a Spanish. Yeah, like some, but again, you just take the same. It's like Spanish wood crap. Exactly. You could, you know, you could include, uh, um, like the one that they did with, uh, we mentioned it before, Party of Five, because the original Party of Five was, uh, um, it was an all white family and the parents died in a car accident, if I'm not mistaken. The the reboot that's supposed to come out that I've heard and read was a Spanish family and the parents got deported. Yeah. So So that's what I'm saying. Again, inspired by the original story, uh trying something different, but still. Again, still the main core of the story still kind of remains where it's like, again, with with craft, you have the same, you know, these girls that have no idea about this kind of, uh, of uh, rituals and practices do it. And then they gain some kind of ability, some kind of power, and it corrupts them, you know, and stuff like that. Like, it's it's a traditional story. There's a lot of different versions of it and different, not just witchcraft, but like, uh, what was that one with the three kid, three bro, three guys? who gain abilities and are able to fly around and stuff like that. And one of them, the power gets to him and he starts becoming corrupt. Oh, um, is that's the one with, um, Michael B. Jordan, Michael B. Jordan. Yep. Uh, I'm trying to, but again, that's what I'm saying is like, that's a very classic story. So telling it in the, in the case of something that has to do with that kind of like, you know, genre, it's cool. But, um, yeah. So, I mean, I'm, I'm like, I'm interested to see, huh? Chronicle. Chronicle. So, yeah, I'm interested to see it, but I would like to see different perspective, like Say by the Bell. Okay, I'm I'm excited to watch it. And it's weird because I'm excited to watch it mostly because it's it's still the same kind of thing. It's Say by the Bell, you're going to bring the original cast, but if it has a different tone, but at least it's a continuation. Yeah. You know, it's an adult. They're adults and they're not. It's, it doesn't seem as naive as obviously the original Save by the bell was yeah so now with we have will smith jumping on the project now we mm-hmm. have because uh, he was one of the he was one of the writers and producers of the show towards the second season mm-hmm. now we have a show that the creators exited the show Excuse so me? Mm-hmm. this was announced today mm-hmm. uh, earlier today was the creators of the avatar uh, the last airbender um, they left the project uh, of the live action show that we're working with Netflix uh, wow. because of creative differences between Netflix and some of the other writers for the show. So the guys who created the original concept and wrote the original, the first iteration of the story oh, and yeah. and basically were there for the most part to um, basically make sure the show follows the direction of the, the anime. Yeah. Left? Yes. They they left the show. Yeah. So they they were um they just posted recently, I think mm-hmm. it was today that they um are leaving the no, no longer involved with the show at all. So that is not a very good sign. It and that's the thing. I read that and I'm like, oh, that's bad. Well, because well, I mean right now, I mean, think about it. They were the only anchor you had with the idea cuz I mean M. Night Shyamalan's, I, I, I enjoy his movies. I know he's a hit and miss, but for the most part, I enjoy stuff that he, he makes. Yeah. So, you know, with what happened with the the Roger live action, and it's sad because sometimes you look at the movie and you can see parts where it's like maybe not anything to do with the original, but it was interesting on its own. If it was his own kind of movie, maybe it would have been better. However. Yeah, if he wasn't referencing anything else. Exactly. Maybe on its own, but 
So yeah, I mean, because you just, have because you just have a strong story like that enemy. That's what I'm saying. If we're really gonna like, just make a live action based on that, just make the live action. Like, yeah. and I get it. Maybe sometimes some things don't work in live action versus anime. But yeah, if that's the only that's the only consideration that there's things you can work on. But if you really just oh well, you know, I want to do this, this, and this, and you're like you're and it's literally get like on the the, the other side of the freaking field compared to what the original story and the plot line and what the feeling was. Yeah. Like, if you watch both and you feel the same way, great. Yeah. But, yeah, if you're just going to go another direction because you are taking creative liberties with the original content, then I don't, I wouldn't. Yeah. And then that's, and that's rough because they, 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 because Avatar just got back on um, uh, Netflix probably a few months ago and it, and it was like the top rated show for a while. And with the, all that popularity, they're already bringing back, or they did bring Korra, the the mm-hmm. the second iteration of the uh, Avatar series. Mm-hmm. So now they brought that. Now they've been working on this, mm-hmm. and they were like, they were happy they got the show created, the the creators of the show, and they were able to do that. They were on board to do be showrunners and writers and produce a, a show in a live action form. Okay. And now they exited out both of them, not one, but both left because of creative differences. And and like you said, it's. It, it raises eyebrows. It's like a red flag. You like, well, how much of a creative, like, what kind of creative differences do you have to do that the creators had to leave because they didn't agree with something? And it would be a lot. It, I don't know if they're gonna if, if they're gonna try to get them back on board mm-hmm. and let them do more, uh, have more opinions on the show and how it's gonna be shown and directed because that's 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 tough to take in being that. We already they already failed not Netflix itself, but the film, the live action film failed so bad. Now we have a bad standard of what it would be in live action. But that, and that's that's another thing too is like because don't be wrong. I mean I, I'm open minded enough to believe that. I mean sometimes you know people that even create content sometimes don't do honor their original content anyway. Sometimes how many times have you seen a remake or a sequel to a movie? That you originally loved, and then you see the sequel, and you're like, "This has nothing to do with the original." Um, you know, I've seen that millions of times. So maybe those guys were the ones that wanted to do creative, like you know, do fixed mistakes that they maybe they thought from the original that might veer too much from the story. We don't know that. However, um, it would have been better just to keep them on somehow. Yeah, doing whatever to, you can to, to some keep. capacity. Yeah, because right now the biggest issue that they are going to face. Is that people are gonna go in there with their noses up? Like people are gonna go in there, kind of like because the, the I feel like people are gonna go in there wanting to look for issues yeah. now because the one safeguard that they maybe they felt they had is gone. Yeah, because now people people are already gonna come in with a standard, a high standard and a low standard. Yeah, yeah, animated series, live action. I just felt like they would have been so more open minded if they felt if they were like. If if it would have came out great, uh-huh. then they'd be like, "This is why it's good because of the show creators were there." And if it fails, like, what did the show creators do? Why they couldn't replicate everything? They were gonna get either praised or or the show, or, yeah. or bashed, either or. But now that they're off, it's gonna it's gonna hinder this. I don't know if it's gonna hinder the success, but it's gonna be under a more critical eye. It would have to that that the the standard has gone up. Yeah, like I because I what I feel like is if the show creators were there. And the show was actually was decent. Let's say it was was a, just as good as the show. The, the show maybe a little better, you know, whatever. Mild, but it was good. Yeah. 
I think people would have been more receptive. Just be like, is even the changes be like, well, you know, it was changed, but the original guys who created made made the change, so they kept the spirit, you know, yeah. whatever, right? But now that they're gone, any changes are be like, see, see, that's must must be why they left. I mean, I'm not, I'm speaking for too many people here, but I'm just thinking about myself. Like, I know myself, and I know how pe- some people I've seen or met and talked to react, and sometimes they just. They're a little bit more skeptical when the safeguard, like I said, the safeguard that's th- yeah. that they expected, their trump card is gone. Now they're yeah. not, yeah, they're not ex- as um, they're not as safe as anymore. It's not as 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 like receptive. Yeah. So we'll see. I mean, uh, the thing is, we we don't know. Like I, I think movies, TV shows, all, like all these are different types of, regardless of business aspects of it, they're art. So I mean, let's just hope they create a masterpiece rather than. Something we don't look at. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. So, but let's get into some gaming content, so some gaming news. Uh, one which we haven't played in a long time was Halo. Okay. So Xbox Game Show revealed a Halo. Uh, I think it was called Halo Infinite to be, to be released with, the system itself would launch, and the last time this happened was back in two thousand one. Where the system comes out and the Xbox and the Halo game launched with it. Mm. Now they're still releasing the um, system in November, but they delayed the Halo game to 2021 with no set date. Okay. So a lot of it came receptive of the fans that were complaining about the gameplay in it, which was like a lot of the gameplay was kind of shoddy or it, it, it resembled. It it didn't look better than what their current platform was. There was some issues, but they still understand. Which is funny is the thing is that one, it's still it's still in development, so there's still things that need to be refined. Mm-hmm. But the other thing that got to them was like apparently was that the trailer of the gameplay was mm-hmm. played on PC, not even on the actual system itself. Oh, so that was like that that was I'm like skeptical. skeptical. Yeah, I was skeptical. I was like. One, you're running on a PC, so the PC would have to be powerful enough to run the game entirely mm. or, or to this full spectrum. But then even that, at what you're giving us, is subpar. And now they had a, a lot of complaints, and now they were like, you know what? Now we're not going to try to uh, give rush the game even further to okay. probably be bad. Now they're just going to delay it. And a lot of people got mad because there were like a lot of Halo fans and friends of mine that were like, we're going to get the system because Halo's coming out with it. Just because they love the Halo yeah. series, now that's being pushed back to whenever, no set date until twenty twenty one. They're like, now they're holding, they're more reserved on getting the system. Now they're like, I'm like, I'm not gonna get the system if I'm not gonna get the game I want with it. See, but then that's funny because it basically means like their suspicion f- held true. Yeah, they were suspicious on the fact that it wasn't played on the actual game system versus the PC, and their response is to push it back. I mean. They would not that they would. I'm, I'm not trying to, uh, under, to say that I know they're gonna. They did this for real, but perspectively speaking, it just seems like, well, if we're getting this much, uh, you know, kickback because that one little realization that it was on the PC versus the game system. Mm-hmm. Imagine when they actually play the game system, and I'm, and maybe it's not anywhere near that level. Yeah. So yeah, they're it, it basically it looks suspect. Super suspect. Super suspect. So, yeah. So it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna be an uphill battle for Xbox uh, to see what happens. Is that their only like that their only signature game though? 
the the signature games for Xbox are usually Halo and Gears. Those are usually the two, and Forza are their their exclusive games. So they don't play. They're they're not on any other platforms. Those are the three. Forza is driving and. Gears and Halo are shooting. It's so funny because I would I would totally see Gears as and I don't know if it plays in that platform, but if it played in, in a platform like um they did with uh the game that you've been playing a lot of Call of Duty. Yeah, like if they, they did the Fortnite plat uh play plateau, like um like a battle royale battle royale for format. I don't know yeah. if it already exists for that, but I could totally get on board for Gears of War for something like that. Yeah, but if they do it's only gonna be mm-hmm. Xbox exclusive because that's a lot of a lot of friends, even our cousin Mikey. Mm-hmm. Mikey's a huge Gears fan, and I think he would get the system just if there's a Gears game that comes out. Yeah, just that alone, because that's that's one of his staple games that he has to play every time, every time it's released. But yeah, that's that that's the news with that. And now onto better news mm-hmm. uh, was they released a photo okay. of the new Suicide Squad game. What's and, it, a photo or multiple photos? That's, no, it's one photo. Really? Because oh, never yeah. mind. I'm thinking about uh, Boss Logic. I just, I think he took he, he took that one photo. But I continue. Sorry, I'm sorry. So yes, it looks like it's either Superman or Bizarro um, okay. looking away, and then the crosshair of the Suicide Squad logo over the head. So this game is coming from Rocksteady Studios, which mm-hmm. is, if I'm not mistaken, the company that did the trilogy for ba- Batman: Arkham Knight series. Okay. So, which I know you love the game and the mechanics of it. Were yeah, the, the gameplay of it. Yeah. It's just beautiful, the game itself and the series. Uh-huh. So now they are, and it's been a five year wait. So now they've been working on this. I guess I don't know how long, but they're going to have a release of a trailer to it on um, DC Fandom uh, with a bunch of other trailers. But uh, a lot of speculations of what it's going to be. Was one of it was that they bought a domain called Suicide Squad Kills Justice League, so they have that domain. So I don't know if that's going to be the, the full title of the game or the concept mm-hmm. of the game itself, or it might be a also. I think it was because of the donate domain it was bought through. It might be an animated short with it, but I'm excited to play it now. You just know- just as the concept of of that and how a lot of games are and, and it's been and because the company that's doing it mm-hmm. I like their series the Bat- Batman Arkham series so much I'm like if they could replicate that into a suicide squad style or like into suicide squad characters then I think it would be a great game you know, No no I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm I just wanted to feed it like cuz I I know. I think it would be a great game, especially if it depends on the way the gameplay. Like, if you're killing this, uh, if you're the ones doing the killing, or they're the ones evading being killed. But um, I thought it was. Man, I just in my head, I'm like, you're telling me this, and I'm just thinking about this concept about what would be a great way to kind of have that game set up. Because, like, can you imagine if, let's say, the game is there's like a sneak attack on the Justice League, and they hit him with something that basically weakens each one of their powers. Doesn't eliminate it, just weakens it to like you know maybe they can't use it. So let's say for example you're you're uh, Superman and you get hit with um, you know a barrage of like or a lot of kryptonite into your system. So the game starts you have no ability because you have all this kryptonite in your body. Throughout the game you keep on getting stuff that can absorb the kryptonite out of your body. So little by little you'll get like spurts of your own strength and your own abilities. Yeah. 
but you lose it right away depending on whatever. And the whole game, you keep on getting stronger and stronger because you keep on developing, but you're having to survive getting hunted down with as Superman with very limited to almost no power. No, my thing would be if they keep in it with a suicide squad, it would be that either the Justice League had like a mind were mind controlled. Okay. So they have to weaken them. So they try to break in the thing. The first level would be like trying to get into Batman's lair mm-hmm. and, and steal his files of how he would stop all the other people from Justice League mm-hmm. and use that as a concept to fight all the other ones that are trying to like wreck the world. See, but here's the, the only thing with that I'm trying to think is like. Because, okay, so when you're when you're fighting villains, they always have henchmen, right? Yeah. So, like, if I, let's say Suicide Squad, let's say one of the person people I have to go after is Hardy Quinn, more than likely she'll have either, like, you know, um, what is the animal she loves? Uh, the hyena. The hyenas come after me and then her henchmen. But I feel like henchmen don't, would, would like, how would you justify henchmen for the Justice League? I don't know. Because obviously those are boss players. You, you're not going to instantly just fight Superman yeah. or whatever. So you're fighting boss players. The 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 mini the the mini bosses would be like kids from the Teen Titans, so they have to. Fight. Hey man, that'd be cool. <laughs> in, in like, the process, what was the guy blue the blue bug? Uh, blue beetle. Blue beetle. I'm like, um, but yeah, that would be that would be an interesting like sub boss or what was uh um Green Arrow's uh Speedy? Oh yeah, Speedy. Yeah, they go after this. Those are sub bosses before you get to like yeah. actually Green Green Lantern or. Flash would have we had uh, Kid Flash. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, so we have we have so we have mini bosses. The mini do. bosses, yes, but not like what about henchmen? Overall gameplay or henchmen? Yeah, it w- unless it, I mean it would be Justice cops. League, Justice League it Unlimited. Would co- it would be either cops or some or other henchmen trying to evade them. No, but what about if you think about Justice, like League, Dust- Justice League Unlimited? Imagine, oh, like all the henchmen are basically just all the heroes. <laughs> like, yeah, everywhere you fight is a hero. But there's so many guys. Like, there's like, there's hundreds of like people in that the just League Unlimited, right? Yeah, that'd be crazy. Oh man, that'd be great. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's pretty much what's being announced for uh, DC fandom next week. Wow. So it'll be interesting to see with all the other trailers. But you know, guys, we'll be right back with Nix's corner review. Wow, wow, wow. wow. Welcome back to Nix's Corner Review. Hello, guys. Hello, hello. So, but before we get to the, our, yeah. our initial movie review, uh, last week we saw Bad, Edu- Bad Education. Yes. And I and I re- and I mentioned a lot a movie that reflected it or reminded me of it was. Yes. Shattered Glass. Okay. So this week, during the week, I challenged Nix to watch it. Yes. And compare it to Shatter uh, to Bad Education. Yes. So okay, let me give you that first. Let me tell you a little bit about uh, kind of a background on this movie. So Shattered Glass, um, it has uh, what I what is his name? The guy who Hayden played Christensen? Hayden Christensen, which you don't really hear about much now. But so Hayden Christensen, um, and it's a uh, regards to a news reporter. Uh, based on a, uh, um, sorry, I do apologize. What was the name of the, um, the publication that they were talking about? Uh, I got you right now. So either way, um, so yeah, basically he's a, he's a writer. He's a young and upcoming writer for a, a newspaper, um, that without very high standards. So 
it was mostly just about him writing these stories, but it obviously that's the main the plot. The New Republic. The New Republic. Okay, so the main plot, you know, obviously he writes for this magazine and, you know, he, he writes these stories and he's well-liked and the stories are very interesting. And the thing is, uh, and I see where Tony was getting his comparison, uh, which in which is that how he interacts with people. So it's, uh you know, in the movie he comes off, he comes across as a... um um very empathetic you know in the sense of like he's always thinking about other people he always has these little details that he knows about everybody um you know in regards to things that they like things that they dislike stuff that they said years ago uh and i and that's i know that's where tony got the connection between bad education because in the other movie the bad education movie with um Hugh uh, hugh jackman hugh jackman made it a business of his to know all the details about all the constituents or his constituents, the people that go to the, uh, that live in his district uh, as a school superintendent, um, which I, that's that's the comparison. I get that comparison, and and but I think that's where for me that's where the comparison ended. The reason I say that is because um, where uh, Hugh Jackman used his knowledge of people um, as a, as a as a tool, his benefit was always being kind of like. A, a go-to person for them, always inspiring them um, and stuff like that. He was basically always somebody that they felt good having around, you know, because he always inspired them, always, uh, always pushed them, always developed everybody around him. That's yeah. So he was well, always an inspiration to everybody around him. That's how he played that part. The reason I say it's a little different is because obviously, although in the movie Hayden Christensen is somebody who does know details about everybody else and is well liked and is always. Uh, close to everybody else, his ability wasn't more in the inspiration part of it, or was was getting the sympathy. Yes, uh, kind of reminded me of um, uh, uh, Rick and Morty. The reason I say that is because there was an episode where Rick and Mo- where Rick and Morty, where Rick confronts Jerry in regards to Jerry's mannerism, and he tells him, "Listen, you act like prey, but you was well, sorry." What was something like that? It was yeah, like you act like prey, but you're a predator. Yeah, exactly. You act like prey, but you're a predator. Yeah. That's exactly what this is. Where he did that, he did that a lot. Basically, he does that in a way where it, it, it like he always gets people to get in front of him in front of the bad news. And it was yeah, funny because like defend him exactly. And what it does too is that I noticed because I I won't lie, I don't use this type of manipulation, but. I am somebody who is very empathetic about the way I am and always feel like I need to, um, you know, get people, not not the approval, but always want to make sure people are aware of what's going on. So I'm always somebody who's like, listen, I'm very critical about the stuff that I have that I noticed, but he did it in a way where and he manipulated people doing that. Like, yeah. oh yeah, hey, listen, man, if you know how to fire me for this, but it was on stuff that meant nothing. You know, like he would, he would nitpick his own articles about, little details that technically on the, on the overall of the story meant nothing, but he would be super critical about it and, and whatever. And obviously that made the people around him believe that if he's super critical about a throwaway detail, he must be super critical about the actual story. Yeah. So it made people question him less yeah. about the, the validity of his story. So obviously that's where the movie so they changes. So look at the bigger picture. Exactly, and that's where the validity. That's where the story changes. Where somebody, nobody. I guess he again. He was one of these people that was likable, was empathetic, and who always made himself like seem like prey. Where it's like there's no way he can do that. There's no way he would do that. Like 
he would never show like this predator nature. So nobody ever considered that he would do anything like what happened yeah. in the story, which is somebody challenges one of his stories. And as they dig deeper, they start finding out that, you know, it's like he just keeps on coming and coming around every time they get to uh, uh, like, hey, who is this person? Person they can't find, never find them. Where's this location? It doesn't match. You know, so like they start questioning the story and it made it just every time they question one, it spread it to another one and a bigger one and a bigger one and a bigger one. So yeah. and all, of the, all this was basically, the movie took the movie basically took a look at one particular story. Uh, one particular he wrote, but obviously it 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 um, cultivated to cultivated the to but, or, or it it led into a lot of everything else that he does. But so I get Tony's comparison, but I think that's where it ended in regards to how he learned about people, because that obviously empathetic he played a very empathetic person super well and always made people feel kind of like yeah like felt, protective of him. I felt that both characters were the same. It's just that their approach and how they how they use that power or that information mm. to their benefit. Because because well, uh, Hugh Jackman's character mm. in Bad Education, he used his uh, he used his um his information as a way of passive aggressiveness. Yes, but that's what I'm saying. Is like yeah. no, but but then with Hayden Christensen's character, like how you're saying, he used his as a, sh- a show of weakness, but he knew the triggers of what to say and what to do to get him on their side. The same with that's why I'm like they're they're to me they're the identical person because they use they use information to to gain information to know about somebody so much that they know what triggers to hit to get what they want. Mean even though they're using different methods, mm-hmm. I feel the overall concept is the same. Here, but here's the only problem that I had. This is what what most impressed me about Bad Education, as far as Hugh Jackman's character was. That was a great way to be liked, which that's exactly what this gentleman did. He did that to be liked. But the problem is, is they they veer when things happen with when, when you know when the prever- the purveyable you know stuff hits the fan. Yeah. Because obviously, where this character kept on pushing that sympathy, he just kept on getting deeper. But the problem is, once that kind of once the person who is defending you realizes what they're defending, they they have nowhere to go. They're like, wait, they realize who you are, so it doesn't work anymore, right? Yeah. But in Hugh Jackman's character, it's different in the sense of he used that information to, but always portrayed everything that's going on in your benefit because the thing is one thing empathy i think well self-preservation and trump's empathy that's what i'm trying to say is like where it's like i think you know you want to help people as much as really possible but i think there's a certain point where you just stop trying to do it because it's like at that point you're sacrificing yourself where hugh jackman's character was different was like he would always inspire but his inspiration sometimes led to people doing things that were not good, but then use that yeah. against them. Like, for example, what would have changed with this one is um, not to give away the movie, but like when there's a part of the movie where it kind of pivots people's perspective of the character pivots, right? Where it changes. And, you know, he has no recourse, but to either try to still try to gain more sympathy or try to, you know, something like that. But who's this? Who's this? Character or, talking about Sh- Shattered Glass. Okay. Right. But where he stopped or he wasn't able to go further, I think the character Hugh Jackman would have gone further. Because in my head, I'm like, man, if this was the other character, what he would have done was switch the story where it's like, 
and showed how if the person does not defend him or does not continue uh, doing everything the way they do, it's actually in his, um, it hurts him. It's like, you know, like, hey, you know, if you don't, if you don't do A, B, and C, I mean, I know that's on me, but technically it's on you too. Like, he would have flipped it on him, which that's, that's where I liked Hugh Jackman's character a lot more. Yeah. And more, I felt it was more villainous because he would take all the things that he inspired you to do later and then flip it on you where it's like, yeah. technically you did it wrong. And I think this character could have done the same thing, but he just kept on going deeper into the, I think if he would have had that little flip moment, it would have been, it, I would have been more engaged like, oh, he's just, but he never actually, like he never actually showed his cards, I guess, yeah. in a sense. So that's where I'm, that's where I'm a little veer. So I liked it. It was interesting. Um. A little slower pace, obviously not as like. Uh, I felt like uh, a better bad education. I know you said it was a little monotonous, but for me it was. It felt more flashy than this one. Yeah, I felt like this one was more. I but I get what you're saying with the pressure, where it's like, you know, how is he gonna kind of do this or how is he gonna do that, kind of thing. I get that part. The pressure in there was was different. Yeah. So that one, I would give you the the benefit. The pressure was a little was added throughout the movie and, you know, stuff like that. But I, overall, I think as far as character purposes, I liked Hugh Jackman's uh, character more than Hayden Christensen. Mm-hmm. Um, although it does give you a perspective of time, because I think the movie was set in 96, 98 or something like that. Yeah, like, mid-90s. Yeah, mid-90s, which, I mean, for me, I mean... I, it's not like forever ago, but I wouldn't have never thought. I thought we were still more in the electronic age where that stuff can actually still be um, checked. You know, because obviously you see the movie with, uh, um, uh, sorry, uh, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, where he played the um, Wolf of Wall Street. Wolf, no, no, no. Before that, uh, the one where he, sorry, I keep on saying that. The one where he was like passing bad checks, be, pretending to be a pilot. Oh, catch me if you can. Catch me if you can. Obviously, he benefited from the time because. The, People could not be validated that easily. So he could pretend to be whoever he wants. And it was easier because people really had no choice but to believe who you are with whatever document you present them. But now, you know, I thought 98 would be more of a digital age where that could have been way more scrutinized. But I guess not. Which uh, that's that's why I'm like, wow, we're still now we're more at that age. But now even 98 was at that age where people can be like checked like that. Yeah, it was more. it, it, It was a. The internet age there was, I think, just starting. Like the 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 way of how technology was, information was passed. I think there was mm-hmm. a lot of more paper information than anything electronic. And that or, makes you think. When was the first time you actually owned the computer? I owned a computer. When was the age you remember owning a computer? Because uh, now yeah, it's now it's common practice. I mean, I could do it on my phone. Nineteen ninety or like mid nineties. Mid nineties or early early two yeah mid nineties because remember my sister had a computer in her room and I was in high school yeah so mid nineties this is crazy because I'm showing my age right now guys oh definitely <laughs> I'm, I'm definitely yeah, showing my age so how uh, how many niggas did you give this um I want I I initially I want to say two two and a half but I'll give it three three kids didn't engage me. It didn't bore me. Like, I thought it was going to bore me because it was a little slow paced. But no, I, I was engaged throughout the movie. Yeah. So I was engaged. I, I wanted to know the. Slow, it's a slow paced movie, but doesn't it doesn't. It's like a good ride, like a mm. chill ride. It doesn't go so slow that you get bored. It doesn't go so high intense that you're like, every, all this is too much information too fast mm. is happening. 
it just keeps that at a steady cruise control pace that it's enjoyable throughout. Yeah. But I liked it. I, I thought it was, I, I think it was a little bit better than Bad Education. No, and, and that's what movies are. It's art perspective. I mean, yeah. you, you saw it differently than I did. Um, so I, in that case, I, I get what you're saying. I just, it, it's for me, Bad Education got me just because, again, I was just more looking at the character himself, the person, yeah. and how he took care. Because, like, again, it it was a thing where it's like he he did it so well because he, like I said last week, he was so vain and so, like, materialistic and all these different things, but he hid it. And it's almost like it was most people that are like that, they don't see that perspective. It's hard to see you're like that, you're like that. But, no, he hid it where, you know, all the things that he did to – preserve himself you know he kind of made fun of it like oh man i can't believe i'm doing this oh oh man you know my doctor this he was blaming on somebody else but he basically he knew although he had this perspective of himself he knew how the people would interpret it and still kind of went around it which again that's that's just level of manipulation i just i i'm kind of intrigued by yeah all right so what's the main movie of tonight oh man uh the movie tonight is jojo rabbit so I've been I've been wanting to watch this movie and I've been hesitant to watch the movie at the same time. Um, the reason is, is I'm I'm very sensitive to movies in regards to like times and perspective where it's like just people hate other people just for being alive. I don't know why I just, I'm sensitive to it, but I still enjoy those movies. I just have to kind of put myself in perspective of it. Yeah, because it's a dark it's a dark time and and anything you say if it's the civil rights era or in this case it was uh, World War Two Nazi era like it's it's. It's a dark time. Yeah. Um, but I would say, okay, so just give you a little bit about the movie. Jojo Rabbit is in regards to a little boy, a uh, 10-year-old boy who grew up in uh, Germany, where in Germ- when Germany was basically uh, run by the Nazis. It's towards the end of the Towards the end, towards of, the end of, it, of, of the war, yes. And um, he, uh, like, you know, he basically grew up in the propaganda of it. Like, you know, this is his whole life. Everybody's telling him how great the... Nazis are how how horrible everybody else is. Like he is deep in this propaganda, so much so that his actual um, imaginary friend is is a Hitler. Like you know, it's a perspective of Hitler, which is amazing because it's played by uh, Taika Waititi, which I think oh, he yeah. just did brilliant on. Um, it was just it because obviously the subject like this, you really have to really gonna have to play you know play it right. And I think they did. I think they did a great job in how they did it because. One thing I absolutely love is, like, this is one thing you'll know about me. I love anything that kind of, like, fights his own, uh, like, okay, it's like, you know, a flower that grows that grows in, the, like, you know, in a dirty alley or something like this, contradicting his own perspective, right? And obviously this, if you tell me we're watching a movie about a little boy in Nazi Germany, you know, growing up as a Nazi himself, you know, somebody self, yeah, whatever, Nazi. I'm thinking this is going to be dark. This is going to be ugly. The people are just going to be ugly. But no, it wasn't like that at all. The movie was very light in the sense of how it told the story. I mean, and I'm not going to tell you the story itself was light. It was not. But the way it was, the story was told was done with a light it's, touch. It was, yeah, like it was a heavy story through a light perspective. The way I like to look at it was that's how this little boy survived was to see it in this way. Yeah. But it's a dark, it's a dark story. Um, and it is, yeah, it was, it was dark, but I liked it. It was because, I mean, he had to challenge his own perspective. I mean, he grew up, like I said, he was deep in it. He was, and that 
He had to challenge his own ideology. Yeah, and I like the things that happened to him too that that changed him um, overall, especially from the beginning of the movie to even like 20 minutes later. Um, how it cha- things change for him and how he has to accept it and and going forward. And I, I, man, I just loved it, man. I just, I did. I fell in love with all of it. I, I love the kid. I think he did a great job. Yeah. Um, I think. Um, oh, just an also thing that I, I I didn't add about the story, which was that the kid find obviously this is a kid who is deep in the propaganda and believes this propaganda. You know, all the horrible things they say about, you know, um, the Jewish people and stuff like that. And he comes to find out that his mother is hiding a Jewish girl in um, in the house. So obviously that's something he has to do with. And also that he argues with his imaginary friend. Yeah. So, yeah, it was such a good movie. And I loved all the characters. They were beautiful characters, man. I mean, he's like, you know, um, what was his name? The guy who um, who? who played his uh, uh, the director. Uh, no, 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 no. The director of the movie, the director of the camp, and ends oh, up. Oh, Sam Rockwell. Sam Rockwell, man. Yo, he was, he was great. Oh, All right. Man, I loved him, dude. It was like, and it's funny because you're like, oh man, I'm gonna hate this guy because he's like, he's that, he's like basically a leader in like this this uh, Nazi thing, whatever. But training camp, training camp, and whatever. But I loved because of the way he approached everything was just so like, yeah, whatever, man. I don't like, like, oh, I want to ask you a question. I'm like, oh God, okay, what do you want to know about the lens today? It's like, it's almost like. He was all about the war. He was into the war and all that stuff, but it was more just the war. He didn't really give into any of the hate about it. Yeah, like he was just a person who just wanted, wanted like, like he was a <laughs> he's like a soldier that wanted to fight. Um, but he just like every time people brought him about the perspective, he just kind of looked at him like, yeah, yeah, fine, whatever. Um, but I loved it. I loved his character, the way he played it. Um, oh man, I loved. Uh, um, uh, what was your name? Who the mom? The mom, yeah. But I'm Scarlett trying to Johansson. Scarlett Johansson, yes. Rebel Wilson was good too. No, Rebel Wilson's hilarious because she's like one of the perspectives of somebody who actually believes in everything, but she's so just idiotic in how she does it. And I love that part. And oh my god, there's so many parts where she just had me dying. Oh yeah. Um, and then, yeah, the mother, the mother, the mother played such a beautiful guy. So I, I've never loved um um oh, Scarlett Johansson so much. Then in oh, that yeah. role, because it, it was like obviously them, there's more roles where you like you you find her attractive. You can say you love her in that yeah, part, but no, no this is course. in the personality type that she had in this movie. It was just always just so uplifting, so positive, so cheery. Even the times where she felt like she had to take more of a control and take a darker stance, she, she, it still still felt super so like, compassionate, like yeah, super yeah, lighthearted so, so, and yeah, compassionate. So with, Sam, like my favorite characters were Sam Rockwell. Well, yes. the kid that played JoJo. Uh, his name was what was his name? Uh, Roman Griffin Davis. Yes, he he stole the the whole movie. Even though it was centered around him, yeah, his acting abilities were uh, great. Uh, Sam Rockwell. Yes. Oh man, I loved. He was it. he was great. I, I loved the character development. Like there was a character development in that movie for him that was subtle, but at the end you see it. Oh yeah, I saw it. Yeah, like it's, it's, it's very I, I, We'll discuss. We'll discuss it later. But I, I saw it. Like it became super apparent later. And but just a little even transition. though they did, even they, even though I don't think it was ever a hundred percent fleshed out. You saw it. Yeah. Yes, and like, I love like, that. Part. I felt like every 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 interaction you have with him, there was a subtle change. Mm-hmm. Like you're like, okay, and um, uh, Scarlett Johansson's character as the mom, she was the best. Like I I loved the. She was very charismatic. She was very caring, and she 
she had a sense of what to do to protect the situation that he was in as as a on a mental level also as on a physical level like pr- pr- protecting him any of his physical surroundings and his mental surroundings on how he emotionally thinks and acts on everything else Sakiti Waititi, the only, what I loved about it, and, and it was weird when I started watching it, and I was thinking about it. I was like, wow, they're going to put Adolf Hitler on a movie. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. As and an imaginary friend. One is an imaginary friend. That uh, was one. Yeah. But then it was like, I don't know how people are going to take because he's going to try to humanize him. Mm. It, in, in in the little sense of like how he interacts with the kid, like how he jokes with him. Mm. It's like, you got this. Like, not not being that all his actions were horrible, mm. but I felt like they took like a little aspect and just just changed the perspective. Not 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 um, looking away for all his actions that he did, but just being like, if this kid, how this kid's perceiving how Adolf Hitler would be in real life for, for him as his best friend. Exactly. And and I was like, and I was like, that was tough because people were like, he's not like, because people are going to be like, he's not like that. But at the end of the day, he's an imaginary friend. No, but that's what I'm saying. It's like, that's why a lot of the stuff, if you listen, all the, ne- even the negative things that he would say about the uh, the Jewish people, it didn't come off as like anything that you would obviously hear a Nazi say. It would be like something a little boy would who, was, who was fed this propaganda would say something. It was always very joking, very over the top, like silly like like it wasn't anything like oh this person is like this no they're like what was it like they have fish scales or oh, like they have they have devil horns yes yeah, some <laughs> like or they, they 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 witchcraft in your mind like all these yeah. really over the top perspective and obviously that's what takwatitu was doing he was playing the best friend the imaginary best friend of who looks like hitler yeah so and i loved it because he represented all of that that hate that 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 came from that propaganda the kid grew up with, and you know, and I loved it. I love I loved the movie. I, it it really it really hit me. Yeah, like, even the even uh, what's her name, the girl that played Elsa, uh, Thompson uh, Mackenzie. Yeah, she did good. I liked her. No, she was cool. I, I liked think, her too. I think the casting was here on this was great. I think who they chose for their castings and to play their parts was great. There, there isn't much. I'm thinking every time I'm thinking back, there's not much I could take away from this movie. Mm. There was not like a scene or I'm like, oh, this felt flat. This this pacing was off or just didn't hit the mark. No, I, on- I was again, I just I absorbed the movie for what it was because it was completely different than anything that you would say. And you can't really compare it to. I although I when I saw the trailer, although I know Takwa Titi was the director um the way that the movie was shot as far as the colorful palettes and uh um the zany characters i thought it was going to play off more like a hans christian anderson movie which i love those movies but they're they're different than what i wanted to watch this movie and i'm happy that although kind of like the stylization is maybe similar yeah it was a different movie because i think if i would have seen a movie like hans like uh like hans christian anderson movie i don't know if you've seen those a few. Um, they're great, but they're very weird, and I, I they're not. At, they don't feel as grounded. Right? Yeah. So this one was still very grounded, and that's why I'm happy that it was a Takwatiti um, movie. So I'm, I, I really did. It, it really hit me. It affected me, and I was like, I, I loved it. I loved the movie. Um, I just felt like it was one of the most beautiful stories told, but the story wasn't itself beautiful, and I, and I think that's where you get that that change that difference where it's like no yeah. it's an ugly story but just told it a very beautiful, beautiful way. way yeah 
That's <laughs> so, that's a great analogy for that movie. Yeah, it is. It's, 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 just, it's just it's 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 telling uh yeah, telling a beautiful telling a horrific story in a very beautiful way. Yeah. And with that, we have to come to the Nickies. Dude, I I'll give it five. I don't yeah, care, man. I just I give I it a five it. too. I'm sorry, I just I just I don't it wasn't as funny as another as I'm just honest, it wasn't as funny as Takwatiti's other movies, but I don't know, I just I love it. Had it had his moments. No, it has moments where it just you know what it was? In the moments, the funny moments did not come with the main character. Jojo, yeah. it's not that he wasn't funny. His whole interaction, but I thought it was going to be more funny was like how him and, and Taekwatiti were going to be. Like, I thought though, that combination of two characters were going to be hilarious, but it wasn't them that was funny. Uh, uh, Sam Rockwell was hilarious in his scenes, the way Robert he was. Wilson. Well, um, Robert Wilson was funny, but uh, oh my gosh, uh, the his best friend. Oh, oh my gosh! Like he stole from me every time he was on there. He was on screen. Yeah, he, Archie. Like, Archie. Yeah. Uh, Archie Yates, but his name was Yorkie. Yorkie. Oh my man! Every time he spoke, it was like the <laughs> most accepting yo, little boy yo, ever. This is just. the essential best friend. <laughs> just, if, if you watch this movie, you're like, yo, that is the essential best friend man. that have your back regardless of anything you do or anything you tell them man he was so cool yeah. i loved him but yeah it's i give it a five man i just i did not think it was gonna be this good yeah i knew you know what it is i knew it was gonna be i knew it was, i wasn't gonna be entertained being that it was gonna be a uh takiti waititi movie yeah but i didn't know i was gonna like it this much wow i think this is might be my favorite movie of his so far well have we seen um so the little boy, because I think Taika Waititi has something to do with. Uh, um, did he did he direct a uh, uh, Deadpool two? I feel like he did. Well, either way, the little boy from Deadpool two, uh, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. He was one uh, Taika Waititi's movies, uh, original movies before, I think before Thor, something about wilderness, weird wilderness, something like that. I forgot what it was called, but I heard it was very good too. And Not I w- for the wilder people. Yes. So it's got that kid, the kid from Deadpool 2, um, and I heard it was really good. And it's one based in his homeland in New Zealand. So, and I've I've not been disappointed by Takwatiti so far in regards to, because I'm, I'm a huge fan of what we do in the dark. Um, what we do in the shadows. Sorry, what we do in the shadows. Yeah, um, yeah obviously Thor 2, was, Thor was a great, that, that version of Thor Ragnarok was a great uh, movie for me. And obviously this one just stole the show. So I definitely want to go back to his roots and see that first one. I don't know if it's the first one he did, but definitely one of his early work. Yeah, he had, he did one called Eagle versus Shark in two thousand seven. I think that's the oldest. He has Boy, which we have to see too. Which one, Boy? What do you mean, Boy? Sorry, like because I've seen a couple of movies called Boy. Uh, it's set in the east coast of New Zealand in nineteen eighty four. Boy, an eleven year old child, and devote Michael Jackson fan gets a chance to uh, know his absentee criminal father who has returned to a Oh, I do not know that movie at all. Yeah, I, years ago. <laughs> Sorry, the only movie that I know that's called Boy was uh, the, obviously the scary one that I thought I was like, no, he didn't yeah, do that one. No. Okay. But yeah. So that's that's, that's a few of his... Uh, well, I haven't heard about any of those. I know I've heard the, the one the Wilder people he's mentioned. Yeah. I heard that was really funny. Yeah. Yeah, so we have some more movies to watch of his now that I really like Jojo Rabbit, but that's it for the movie reviews, guys. Yes, sir. And like always, thank you so much for checking us out. If you like what you hear, please like, subscribe, leave a review, 
or you can send us comments and let us know what you like to hear from us or discuss or ways to improve the podcast at in Facebook, uh, Instagram, or Twitter at Nerds in the City. Or you can send us an email at Nerds in the City Podcast at gmail.com. And like always, guys, tell a nerd, send a nerd, bring a nerd. All right, everyone, see you next week. Laters. <laughs>